to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I'm Dr. Pete, joining by my main man, Mr. B. Hola. Que pasa, amigos? And, you know, our young lady on the keyboard, Ms. D. You know it. Uh-oh. I feel a rap song coming on. How can all of these things, like, Ooh. rhyme? Have you I ever have... noticed that? Hey, do I have that? I have that somewhere. The... Oh, no. Okay. Oh, my God. You look, keep talking. I'll look for it. Okay. I got it. I don't know. Oh, it Save that for the open mic. Save it for our open mic time. My poor guest will scare my guest. <laughs> oh, wow. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Yeah. You know, Benny's got this shirt on Run DMC. How about a teaser? No. Nope. <laughs> okay, it's got to be. Beat. That's the okay, beat you're going to hear. So you got, we have to get new T-shirts. You have Run DMC, right? Yeah. So we have to have Run yeah. PBV. <laughs> Oh, he's not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Oh, my God. I'm a, bit, I'm a huge fan of Run DMC. I don't think we should mess with him. Okay, we won't mess with yeah. him. But you know what? I'm not going to embarrass myself anymore. I'm the Dr. Pat show. Right. I we'll get stay, to do that every once in a while. Well, stay tuned for the but Dr. Dr. Pat rap later. The, the Dr. Pat rap later. Yeah. We're going to do that. Once we figure out whether or not we actually do have an open mic show today, uh, we'll figure that out. Uh, but maybe Benny can reach out to Kim and we can check that out. But right now, wow, we've got a cool lineup for everybody today. Incredible lineup, as a matter of fact, because I love talking to people I get to talk with. Joining me here today, as she has so many times, and I love what we're going to talk about, Dr. Joan Borisenko. Joan is joining me here, or Dr. Joan is joining me here, because we've got a lot to talk about, uh, including the 18th Annual Women of Wisdom Conference. She's going to be there for it. Wow. We're going to get to experience Joan in so many ways, but I love, love, love having her on the show. Of course, best-selling author. There's no question about that. Amazing workshop leader, facilitator, but trained both as a medical scientist and a psychologist. She has gone way beyond all of that, has tapped into the world of what health, healing, wellness is really about. You know, she uh, was co-founder and former director of the Mind Body Clinical Programs at two Harvard medical schools, and she's joining us here today because you know what? We're all on a mission. And when we kind of come together as people in this field of work that we're in, amazing, magical things happen. So this year, our theme is Thriving Again in 2010. And what an incredible month we have had so far. Dr. Joan Borisenko joining us here today. It is not the end of the world. Developing resilience in times of change. Yes. Wow. Dr. Joan, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. I just always love to be with you. I, this, is, this is just so exciting. You've got a great show and great listeners, and we're always on the same wavelength. This is such an important conversation because I would imagine, and this is probably a good place to start with this, I would imagine that you, Dr. Joan, as well as, as myself, that we go through times 
where we really don't think we're resilient, where we really don't know whether or not that next step we take is going to be the one that gets us out of the funk that we're in. And sometimes we do think it's the end of the world. So I wanted to ask you, you've talked about so many different things. Why this topic and why now? Well, first of all, we need to be resilient right now. Everything is changing. And you know, Pat, um, we all know everything changes. And yet, sometimes things change all at once. So here's what, here's what happened. It was um, just after the stock market crashed, which was now, what, about 18 months ago? Yeah. And I'm, I'm at a conference, and I hear a story about a young man who worked on Wall Street in his 30s. And he actually had killed himself by jumping out a window. And, you know, I just thought, oh, man, he's, he's somebody's son, somebody's father, somebody's husband. And for him, he thought it was the end of the world. Mm-hmm. He made it so. And then, you know, at the same conference, I met, it always happens like this, you kind of meet the offices walking along. I met a woman who was so awesome. Uh, and she was volunteering there because she actually couldn't afford to come this year to that particular conference because she and her husband had both lost their businesses. Wow. And they had been very wealthy, successful people, and now they were hugely in debt, had lost their home already, were living in a small apartment. And, you know, she looked at me and she said, you know, you can't romanticize poverty. But she said, I can tell you truly, that this is a, an experience of real transformation for me and my husband. He said we were just worshiping success, running hard. There was so little time for each other. The relationship was suffering. We weren't seeing our kids. She, she, she said this is the first time I've been home in a long time. And she said we're both entrepreneurial. And entrepreneurs on average, make all their money and lose it again seven times. So we figure we're on track. We'll make it through this. And, you know, they were actually already starting another business, our food business. And this excited me because both in my own life path and in the life of clients for the last 30 years, I've really been fascinated Who's resilient? Who transforms during hard times? And who falls apart? And truly, there are times that I've done both. So whenever I write a book, it's always partly for myself. Yeah, I totally get it because, you know, I, I'm sure as the listeners know, you know, those are the places that um, they think that we come from. I mean, I've shared sort of, you know, several stories of my own, uh, but the inspiration to write these books truly does come from personal experiences because, you know, don't you think that that's the place where we can be most authentic in the work that we do to help other people? You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like someone... One of my mentors ages ago, actually he was a boss when I was like a clerk, said to me a really long time ago, you know what, you can never take anyone to a place you haven't gone yourself. Now, honestly, in my 20s, I just thought he was off his rocker. But I, that has new meaning to me now. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think that one of the, well, you know, the feedback I get most often when I'm with people is I'm not like a guru who's giving advice to mm. other people. I'm a participant in a conversation we're having where we've all been 
And when everybody's part of that conversation, insight arises in a way that's very real. It's not like someone tells you something and you say, oh, yeah, and you forget it the next day. It's in your bones. Mm. So that ability to be authentic is incredibly powerful. Mm. And, and I agree. And also, I don't think any of us gets out of this life all by ourselves. Um, we're, we, we, we need the shelter of each other. We need the conversations with each other. And we need the encouragement of mm-hmm. one another. You know, one of the things that I love about what you're saying is we, there's also a part of this, this and I, I wonder how you, you're handling it in the books and the workshops that you do, is this idea of creativity. It's almost as if, and I want to ask you, Dr. Joan, it's almost as if, you know, these creative juices that were once so prevalent in our society, we're known for our creativity actually, have sort of, I don't know if they've taken a backseat to the busyness of success. Uh, or I'm not really sure exactly. Where does creativity fit in with the work that you do in looking at it's not the end of the world, developing that's really, resilience? That's a really great question because resilient people are highly creative. There's mm. a huge amount of research on resilience, and we know that some of the important things are, number one, being a realist. People who just optimistically expect everything to change don't get very far because you really do have to be the change to mm. be realistic. Then you really need the support of others. You need to have some deeper meaning in your life. Mm. And you need you need a good sense of humor. <laughs> but you need creativity, which ultimately is about stepping out of the left brain and everything you know and stepping into a different space of knowing, of contemplation. I mean, if you look at the history of um, creativity patterns, and I know that you know this, most of the big breakthroughs came after people had thought and thought till their thinkers were sore. And then they'd done something like gone away to the country for the weekend. Or there are a few cases, I don't recommend this, but, you know, people had a few, few too many glasses of wine. And then all of a sudden, boom, they had some, some insight. Or uh, they were, you know, it was like, I don't know if you saw Jill Bolte-Taylor's book. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've interviewed her a couple times. Yeah. Amazing. And that was wild because there, you, no one wants to have a stroke to take their linear left brain off. That's <laughs> <laughs> a more creative right brain can come through. But that's what we need. And the best way for the, for the right brain skills to be able to come through is to learn how to let go. Um, for me, that happens best in nature, you know. I take a walk or sit in a hot tub at night under the stars. And it happens, you know, for me, chanting, that's my favorite form of meditation. More kind of present to melody and, and mm. feelings in my body. Then I can come back to work that I'm doing and I feel creative. I come at it in a totally different way. And uh, we we need that so much if we're going to create our way into the new world that we'd all like to see. I love this. We're going to take a short break. Dr. Joan Borisenko joining us here today. For those of you that have not heard of her book, I want to make sure that all of you know about it. Uh, It's not the end of the world, and we'll be talking about it as well as an upcoming event that she's going to be at and how you can find out more about Dr. Joan, where she's going to be, what she's doing, and how to get on board with It's Not the End of the World. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with The Dr. Pat Show. 
think about it. When was the last time you were flabbergasted? Well, that's what I was the first time I cleaned with this cloth named E-Cloth. On the front of the E-Cloth package, it claimed perfect cleaning with just water and chemical-free cleaning that's awesome on all hard surfaces. I was pretty skeptical, but gave it a try anyway. I started on my kitchen windows, then stovetop, then stovehood, granite counters, and finally the refrigerator. I was totally flabbergasted on how well we cleaned. These results were accomplished without exposing my family to unknown negatives of household chemical cleaners. The cleaning power comes from fiber function, not a chemical reaction. It cleans better and is healthier, money-saving, and eco-friendly. No chemicals, no paper towels, and e-cloths are reused for years. As a Dr. Pacho listener, you'll get 20% off everything you order and free shipping. Go to ecloth.com and when checking out, enter Dr. Pat, D-R-P-A-T. That's ecloth.com. Ecloths are for real. See for yourself. I know you'll never go back to cleaning any other way. Are you concerned about a specific health issue? Do you want to know what causes it? Are you ready to tap into the inner wisdom of your body and listen to what it is telling you? It's a scientific fact that your health condition, present circumstance, and excess weight are not the result of your diet, exercise regime, or genetic makeup. Your thoughts, feelings, and emotions all directly and specifically influence all your body functions, including heart rate, digestion, and organs. Anger is stored in the liver, resentment is stored in the gallbladder, and lack of support shows up in your back. Our bodies give us clues to how we have been thinking, feeling, and acting. Dr. Cal specializes in interpreting these clues, ignites your inner healer, and guides you step-by-step to continuous, positive, and lasting health changes. When you change your mind, you change your life. Get in your driver's seat today. Visit AskDrCal.com. That's A-S-K-D-R-K-E-L.com. Bella Spark Productions presents the second speaker event in the Extraordinary People Lecture Series. Spend an evening with Bishop Carlton Pearson, one of the most articulate, dynamic, and controversial spiritual leaders of our time, the heir apparent to a new way of thinking. In this inspiring lecture, Carlton will share his story of his own conversation with God, a conversation that has changed his beliefs and his message. Bishop Pearson had an epiphany that changed his way of thinking and preaching from one of hell and damnation to one of love and inclusion with the same passion, energy, and gift for communication that made him a fiery lecturer. His message will lift you up and inspire. Join Bishop Carlton Pearson in Seattle Friday, March 26th at 7 p.m. Followed by Robert Holden, the happiness guru, on April 30th and Shirley McLean on June 13th. Visit bellaspark.com for information and registration. That's bellaspark.com. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I am so thrilled to have Dr. Joan Bursenko join us here today. She's been a guest on the Dr. Pat Show many times. We're thrilled to have her. You know, the book that uh, she has written and we're referring to is It's Not the End of the World. Developing Resilience in Times of Change. 
And uh, before we kind of get back to the conversation, which I'm very excited to be doing, I would love for you to just talk a little bit about a couple of the upcoming events and things you're going to be doing with the Women of Wisdom, um, the Women of Wisdom event, because I know you've got several venues and people are going to want to sign up for them. Well, I do, and unfortunately, I don't have my calendar in front of me. I have it. You have it. I'll fill in the blanks. Okay, so Friday night at Unity Church. The 12th of February. The 12th of February. That's exactly right. And they're going to be giving. It's a fabulous program that night. It's going to start with music, which is always wonderful. God, it's so uplifting the soul. Great musicians. And then I'm going to be giving a keynote presentation on resilience, on it's not the end of the world. And I hope it's going to be inspiring and informative and also a lot of fun. So that's, um, that's Friday night. Then Saturday, there's the, and, and that's for men and women both. On Saturday, February 13th, I'm going to be uh, giving a workshop from 9 o'clock to 2.30. And they've entitled it Practicing the Transformational Dance of Resilience because that's the theme of the Women of Wisdom Conference this year is from ancient to ground, we dance the transformation. And then we're really going to be delving into resilience. So you're not hearing about it, but we're actually going to be practicing some of the skills. And one of the biggest skills of resilience, Pat, is meaning and a kind of basic trust that when you take a leap, you're not going to land in an empty swimming pool. Exactly. So we're going to be inquiring exactly into that. Exactly. Oh, boy, what a visual that is. Yeah. You know, or we're not going to be entering rough seas in a rowboat. You got it. I had uh, Peter Sheehan on yesterday. He wrote a book that used the metaphor of the ocean to talk about different things. And it's kind of interesting when we think about that. You know, but talking with you, this idea of resilience is is something that uh, most people have talked about in the corporate world from here or there or other 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 places. But the bottom line is we need some new tools to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So could you give us a little idea uh, about what some of those tools are? Well, yeah. You know, first of all, positive psychology has given us a lot of tools, even understanding the difference between optimism and pessimism. And I think what people do, however, is they don't understand those tools uh, when it comes to resilience. Because clearly, if you're pessimistic, you know, if you take everything personally and you kind of pervasively think that you're a loser in this world, you're not going to be very resilient. So pessimism is not good. But optimism by itself is not good either. The kind of, um, actually Cornell West, who I love, (laughs) refers to this as cheap optimism. The idea of like, oh, well, don't worry. Our president's on top of it and everything's going to change. Right. You know, oh, well, don't worry. God will hear our prayers. The fact is this to get off of our derrieres and actually do something. And so there's a sense that, and what we know is that resilient people are realistic. They actually take steps to create a different system. And, you know, I'll give you, a, um, I'll give you an example. Okay. I've got, I've got several friends who, when the recession started, 
actually thought, well, you know, I'm a bookkeeper. I don't have to worry. Clients will come. Or a family member who is a green builder who says, well, you know, there will always be people who want to build green. Well, when you could start to get a foreclosed house for $40,000, there were fewer people who wanted to spend $400,000 on a new green build. And, um, you know, a resilient kind of person sees the handwriting on the wall and says things like, oh, man, this is bad. I think I better get a job at Starbucks temporarily. Mm. You know, while I redo my website and see, well, could I do green retrospects on houses that were foreclosed? Is there something else? But I'm going to need to pay the bills. And that's how a realist thinks. They don't kind of wait for it to blow over for the government to create a program. So that's one thing. Then another aspect, we're talking at the break, Pat, about the importance of connecting with one another, working together, collaborating. And did you see the recent PBS special, This Emotional Life? Uh, I thought I did, but was it on emotional intelligence? It was, it was, it was three successive nights, two hours each time. It was fantastic. You could go to the PBS website and get the DVD for the mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, not to be missed. Yeah. But, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll have that in the background when I'm working or right. something to keep, you know, keep right. the positive juices flowing here, Dr. Jones. Well, you'll want to watch it. But anyhow, one of the, one of the segments they did was to look at resilience in mm. people who had been POWs. And that's one of the things I did when I wrote um, It's Not the End of the World. I looked at the huge research literature on POWs. And they interviewed a POW. And he said the single most important thing that kept them sane was a tapping code uh, so that they could tap on walls and there was some communication between them. Oh, wow. So, how they were, or they could play a game, or they could talk about something. And in the end, we're social animals. And without the support of one another, we languish. There's no question. Loneliness will kill you all. And the trouble is that when when we're not resilient, we're more prone than to feeling helpless, hopeless, and depressed, one of the things we do is isolate. And that's a catch-22, that it's so important in whatever way to be able to reach out, connect with other people. Even listening to a show like yours is a way of reaching out. That's an important aspect of resilience. Then a third aspect is a great sense of humor. And, you know, I have to say, in terms of um, the last presidential election, I think that what kept me being resilient kept me from going nuts with Tina Fey on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> the best. Oh. You know, and then they actually had John McCain as a guest on Saturday Night Live. Right. And I could see why he had managed uh, to survive being a POW for five years because he's got a fantastic sense of humor. And that makes a big difference. Uh, you know, one of my very resilient friends is a humorist and author, Loretta LaRoche. In fact, Loretta has done seven PBS specials. Yeah, she's a, just, a, just a hoot. She's a hoot. Yeah. She's absolutely great, you know. And there's a line from one of her books that I'll never forget. Um, she's writing about uh, what it will say on your tombstone. And 
one of the things she says is, got it all done dead anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That humor has helped me lift myself out of the jaws of a crushing to-do list and take myself a break. Because it reminds me life is not forever. Uh, Life is precious. Life is fleeting. And of course, finding the meaning in life is another thing that resilient people do. They look for where the juice is. You know, there's not a lot of juice in, in buying stuff and uh, competing with people for how big your house is. The, the real joy in life is not an acquisition. The real joy is in spending time with people we love and being outside in the natural world. And this is the kind of thing that resilient people recognize. You know, when I told the story at the top of the hour, had a woman that I met at a conference who'd lost all the material stuff. She'd lost the big home, the big income, living in a little apartment, but it was the time finally to be with her kids. All of a sudden, she was richer because of that than she'd been in, you know, the life of getting and spending. Of course, you know, not to say that, again, to romanticize poverty, we need jobs and we need work. And and, uh, that's part of what we hope we'll hear in the State of the Union address tonight. Well, you know, part of this is also sort of where do we find those characteristics in our leaders, uh, Dr. Joan. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, Dr. Joan Borosenko is joining us here today. She's actually going to stay on for another segment. We're very happy that she's doing that. Um, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about courage and compassion. You know, have they taken on new meaning? Before we do that, though, Dr. Joan, would you mind giving out your website so people know how to get a copy of your book or know how to find out more about oh, where sure. you're going to be. Most definitely. My website is www.joanborisenko.com. And Borisenko is B as in boy, O-R-Y-S-E-N-K-O, Borisenko. And you can find out about everything I'm doing there. There's a calendar of events. And if you sign up, you get a free newsletter. So we're going to take a short break. Dr. Joan Borisenko joining us here today. When we come back, we're going to talk about this place where courage and compassion come together. You know, can they coexist and how do they coexist? How does that all turn into this this amazing state of resilience? And how can you be resilient? How can you be resilient, compassionate, empathetic, and let go of the anger? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Institute of Integral Qigong and Tai Chi is now enrolling at spring trainings. Visit the event calendar at IIQTC.org. The IIQTC is one of the most respected training and research centers for Qigong and Tai Chi outside China. The IIQTC's trainings are like personal retreats and are often life-transforming. Visit beautiful Santa Barbara, California this March 15th through the 20th or Austin, Texas for Level 1 teacher training April 29th through May 6th. Enroll now at IIQTC.org. 
Bella Spark Productions presents the second speaker event in the Extraordinary People Lecture Series. Spend an evening with Bishop Carlton Pearson, one of the most articulate, dynamic, and controversial spiritual leaders of our time, the heir apparent to a new way of thinking. In this inspiring lecture, Carlton will share his story of his own conversation with God, a conversation that has changed his beliefs and his message. Bishop Pearson had an epiphany that changed his way of thinking and preaching from one of hell and damnation to one of love and inclusion with the same passion, energy, and gift for communication that made him a fiery lecturer. His message will lift you up and inspire. Join Bishop Carlton Pearson in Seattle Friday, March 26th at 7 p.m. Followed by Robert Holden, the happiness guru, on April 30th and Shirley McLean on June 13th. Visit BellaSpark.com for information and registration. That's BellaSpark.com. Are you taking too many oral pain pills and concerned about side effects? Are you having trouble getting to sleep because of the pain? Well, I'm Lou Paradise. I had the same problems you have. Cured my pain. Eliminated pain pills and their side effects by developing Topperson Pain Relief and Healing Cream. Topperson relieves pain without side effects. It doesn't burn, it doesn't smell, and it doesn't stain. But don't just take my word for it. Doctors, pharmacists, and pain specialists are using and recommending Topperson and ending the suffering for thousands of people just like you. We know you're hurt. We want to help. We're so sure Topperson will work for you. We offer a money-back guarantee. So if you want pain relief with no side effects, ask for Topperson or call 1-800-959-1007. That's 1-800-959-1007. Topperson, the last pain medicine you'll ever need, and you can sleep on that. Are you tired of just surviving? Would you like to learn how to thrive? Make 2010 the start of a whole new you. Take charge by enrolling in your own personal boot camp offered by Sharon Roy of Raising Grace Coaching. In just 28 days, you will learn how to rise above your emotions and follow your heart to a life of peace, joy, and purpose. You will tap the power of your own imagination and higher wisdom to create emotional breakthrough strategies that work for you. Start thriving today. Visit RaisingGrace.com or call 401-588-1799. Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by. Our theme this year is Thriving Again in 2010. And we are going out of our way to make sure that that happens on the show and beyond. Wow. Dr. Joan Borisenko joining us here today. We're so thrilled to have her on the show. The book is It's Not the End of the World, Developing Resilience in Time of Change. Uh, Dr. Joan Borisenko, of course, travels quite a bit and will get to uh, be in the presence of uh, being her presence in February, February 12th, 13th, Women of Wisdom. For those of you that are thinking about uh, uh, taking that trip to the Women of Wisdom, people come from across the country to be there. So please uh, check that out. Lots of information at womenofwisdom.org. Go ahead and find out about that. Uh, Joan, thank you so much for joining us here today. One of the things I wanted to ask you about in terms of resilience is this idea of courage and compassion. Um, and I wanted to talk about that from a couple different perspectives. First of all, um, how important those two sidekicks are for the, the journey to resilience. But also 
also, I wanted to talk about anger and get your perspective on, you know, anger. Is there a degree of anger that helps us be resilience, resilient? And then when is too much anger too much? That's a really great question, Pat, because, you know, I think we all know that the, the, the immediate benefit of anger is that it's energizing. Uh, it gets us off our dump. And, when you, you know, when you start to be depressed, when you start to give up hope, when you start to think, am I ever going to get another job? What am I going to do? Depression is just such a profound lack of energy that having a little bit of anger actually lifts people out of that, you know, and that, that I think is what um, some of, we see this happening in the political system. People get upset, people get angry, it energizes them, and then it often leads to collaboration, to groups. However, there is a point <laughs> when that anger hardens in such a way that you can't even let in any other point of view. You become ossified, you turn to stone like Lot's wife, and that's not the point of it. So once you feel a little juice of running, you can say, thank you, Anger. You were a very nice boat to get me to this point. Right. Now you need to let me out on a different ground where I can look around here, where I can see what are my resources, what are my allies, um, what is it that I'm moving toward, and begin to do it. Because if we hang on to anger, as you know so well, it just eats us up. Um, physically and mentally. Uh, so that's the whole point of all the research on forgiveness, Dr. Pat. And that is that when we're so held back by resentment or anger, you cannot see the possibilities that open in front of you. You can't be in present time. And forgiveness is about setting you free that now you can walk your path again and do what you need to do without constantly feeling like, oh, my God, I'm connected by a rope to, you know, whoever it is that I'm angry with. I know. I know. That is really a tough one. So that leads me kind of uh, to, to another question about resilience and, and asking you about it. One of the kind of, and, and let me just say that this might be counterintuitive, but I wanted to ask you about it. You know, the idea of moving on, you know, having having the moment of anger, moving to forgiveness, really brings to mind this idea of letting go. We hear the term letting go a lot. I actually think, and don't have any research on this, Joan, but for a few thoughts, I actually think that the whole idea of letting go is one of the most talked about concepts we have, and yet one of the least understood in terms of implementation, and I'd love to hear your perspective on oh, it. It, it totally is. What does it? And the question is, what are you letting go of? <laughs> and and that's a that's a, a very big thing. So yeah. let's get down to you know practical look at it. Let's say you are in fact trying to let go of your anger, since we were just talking about that. Well, there are steps to that, and letting go of it. The reason why, by the way, people don't like to let go with forgiveness because they think they're letting somebody off the hook, uh, condoning somebody's bad behavior. Well, I've just let go. and uh, It's not actually about that. Uh, letting go in terms of forgiveness means actually changing your grievance story. And there is research on this. It was research at Stanford by Fred Luskin. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness uh, Center. 
what it means is, okay, well, this happened. He did some research in Northern Ireland. People have very real grievance stories. But the idea is to find something, to look for, well, is there any benefit? Is there anything that can be learned from this? Is there any perspective that I can get on it? And can I even get a different perspective on myself, my own willingness, as he would say, my own heroic decision to move beyond this? So you change your grievance story. You can change your view of yourself and who you are, letting go of, like, well, I'm a person whose family was killed in the violence, to I'm a person who really is willing to look at what it would take to move on so that I can step into a future that's different from my past. And that is a, it's a letting go of a self-identity. Uh, and oftentimes, when we're angry and we've been victimized by something, we take on an identity of, as a victim, which is such a small way to go through life. So that, that's it. You know, you think about a lobster that's always shedding from New England. <laughs> yes. It's setting. And then, wow, wow, when it molts itself, it's vulnerable for a while, but it can't grow until it molts. And that that's when it grows. And then amid, that's the process of it. And I'd say that letting go is like that, too. We're letting go of successive identities. We, we molt. So... The definition depends upon the situation in which we find ourselves. That's one aspect of letting go. And, you know, I think we could probably, between the two of us, find an infinitude of examples, Pat. Exactly. What would mean in that case. Well, exactly. I mean, I know that, you know, for me, and a lot of people have just gone through this, uh, Joan, uh, job loss is a very good example. I talk to people every day about what their experience, whether it's a true job loss or a business loss. There is, you know, for so many people, as it was for me, it's not just about losing the job. It's about an identity that you thought you had. Uh, you know, for me, growing up in sort of the Bell system, we were all called bell-shaped heads, so to speak. It was so much a part of our culture. And that shift really required a letting go of that identity. And there's a whole grieving process. Every day now, people are, you know, being removed from jobs or leaving jobs. And there is an identity attachment. And I wanted to hear you talk about this because, you know, it's one thing to let go of, uh, you know, a bicycle that you, you no longer need but has sentimental value right. <laughs> right you know what i'm saying it's another thing to let go of something that you so identify with oh honey you're so right because the grieving is a very big part of this you know if you look at the structure of transformation like in mythology think about the hero's journey of joseph campbell there are three parts yeah one of them is just being cracked wide open and having a giant loss a loss of your identity a loss of who you are you know your spouse leaves you you lose your job, you lose your health, you lose your money. And all of a sudden you turn around and you say, I mean, this is horrible. I've lost something very precious to me. And the, the first response that you need to have is simply grieving. Because it's an acceptance of something has gone that was really, really important to me. And we need to be with that for a while. You know, I'm one of these um, 
researchers with a sense that a lot of the illnesses that we have are the result of un unresolved grief that we never give us ourselves the chance yeah. to sit with. Buried in ourselves, by the way. That's right. That's right. So there has to be a period of grieving, and this is another good place um, for a friend. We need to be able to tell somebody, you know, I, my business is just um, it's really going downhill. And I can, I can certainly say that in terms of being a speaker, the speaking business is not at all what it used to be. And so I begin to think, who will I be um, in the future if we're not having this speaking? What identity will I have? And, you know, all of the letting go is reviewing what was, grieving, and yet also what begins to emerge is, hmm, there could be something after this. But we don't go from the first step of loss right to the step of rebirth. I think there's a, there's a time path, uh, the time I call it, the time be, uh, between no longer and not yet. Mm. We've lost something. And where we're going yet has not yet emerged because we have to change. Uh, we have to, it's a very different person who's looked back and grieved, who's sat in the ashes of their life than the one who, you know, was like out there on the speaking circuit or had a particular job. And you can't go into the future as your old self because that just, that just died. Your new self has, is a self that's gone a little bit deeper. You've kind of spent that time uh, just, you know, wandering in the wilderness. That's mm. what the archetype is. Then you can come to the new Jerusalem, but you can't get there. Well, I mean, Jesus wandered 40, 40 days in the wilderness. Right. The Jews wandered 40 years. Right. I think most of us are somewhere in between. Well, I got to tell you, I'm right up there with uh, the I'm right up there with the 40 year business myself. I mean, I didn't really get cracked open till then. But you know, so long as Joan, we can remember. Thank you so much, Joan, for joining us here today for the extended segment. I cannot wait till you arrive in town. It'll be great to check in with you. Absolutely, Pat. I love you. I love your show. And. Um you know, may we all just be together in this recreation. That's the period we're living through, and it's not the end of the world. Absolutely. Dr. Joan Borisenko, everyone. Do your emotions stop you from experiencing lasting prosperity and joy? Learn to rise above your emotional ceiling with expert guidance from certified life coach Sharon Roy. Sharon's techniques have helped clients worldwide to succeed happily, and now she wants to share this gift with you. For a limited time, Sharon is offering a free 45-minute emotional breakthrough session that could change your life. Call 401-588-1799. That's 401-588-1799. Or visit SucceedHappily.com to claim your free session. That's SucceedHappily.com. Bella Spark Productions presents the second speaker event in the Extraordinary People Lecture Series. Spend an evening with Bishop Carlton Pearson, one of the most articulate, dynamic, and controversial spiritual leaders of our time, the heir apparent to a new way of thinking. In this inspiring lecture, Carlton will share his story of his own conversation with God, a conversation that has changed his beliefs and his message. Bishop Pearson had an epiphany that changed his way of thinking and preaching from one of hell 
hell and damnation to one of love and inclusion with the same passion, energy, and gift for communication that made him a fiery lecturer. His message will lift you up and inspire. Join Bishop Carlton Pearson in Seattle Friday, March 26th at 7 p.m. Followed by Robert Holden, the happiness guru, on April 30th and Shirley MacLaine on June 13th. Visit BellaSpark.com for information and registration. That's BellaSpark.com. Is today a good day to apply for a job or to ask for that promotion? Well, the Good Timing Guide uses astrology to identify the best times for many daily work activities. It provides easy-to-read color codes for daily access. Show host Madeline Gerwick is offering a special pre-order price on her 2011 Good Timing Guide and or her newsletters. Now through April 5th, save up to 20% by pre-ordering next year's guide. Have the wind at your back with our best deal all year. To save today, go to askmadeline.com. That's A-S-K-M-A-D-E-L-I-N-E.com. Or call us toll-free at 877-524-8300. That number again is 877-524-8300. Remember, pre-order savings for your 2011 Good Timing Guide and our newsletters are only good through April 5th. So act now. Visit AskMadeline.com or 877-524-8300. Remember, for our dogs and cats to live long and happy lives, just like people, they are what they eat. Wellness carefully selects wholesome ingredients to create food you can trust to provide the foundation of your pet's well-being. True wellness means every ingredient has a purpose in every recipe they make. You can trust the quality of all ingredients in wellness from their source to your pet's bowl. Visit wellnesspetfood.com to find a pet specialty retailer near you. Wellness Natural Food for Pets. This is where true wellness begins. 